number 17. I'm going to deal this morning with the Jewish nation, but I'm going to try to make a ver- various applications from this. Romans chapter number 2 and verse 17. Let's start reading right there. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, and a light of them which are in darkness. You see, they're, they're talking about their self. Uh, verse 20, An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of, uh, which has the form of knowledge and of truth and the law. Uh, thou, therefore, which teachest another. And he asked the question, Teachest thou thyself? And thou that preachest a man should not steal. And he asked another question, Dost thou steal? Verse 22, Thou sayest a man should not commit adultery. And the same thing, another question, Dost thou commit adultery? Thou that arborest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Uh, Verse 23, Thou that makest thy boast of the law, uh, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. As it is written, for circumcision verily profiteth little if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the the righteousness of the law, shall not the uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not the uncircumcision which is by nature if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Verse 28 and 29, they paint a real good picture for us about what Paul, more or less a commentary about what you've just heard. Uh, verse 28, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but He is a Jew, notice this, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not of the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray now, God, that you would take your word, God, and you would not let it return void to the hearers this morning. And I I pray, God, that you would move on us in supernatural gospel power. I pray, God, if there be one in here that's lost, that's never trusted you, maybe they stand like a Hebrew, and God, they have a lot of religion, uh, but God, they've never had a relationship. I pray that this morning, God, you would convict that heart. I pray for those of us in here, uh, Lord, that's saved, that's been born again by the power of God. Lord, that uh, maybe some things in our life, God, that we can... Uh, We can say uh, that we understand what the Jews were doing and uh, maybe we'll look at our own life and see some things we're doing. I pray, God, that you take the Bible, Lord. Let it be applicable this morning to every situation. I love you. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this morning we're going to jump right into things. Brother Carr, I I, want to do something. I told Brother TJ I was 
very apprehensive about going through these verses because in reality, these verses don't really play a real big picture or a role in the life of a Gentile. Now we know at the time, during uh, this time frame, that Paul had to address the Jew because there were Jews within that, within that time period in Rome and they were com- becoming accustomed with the teachings of Christianity and they were being converted in this and that. And so Paul had to address the Jew. And I, I told Brother T.J., I said, I'm kind of apprehensive and I want to just skip over to chapter number 3 and, and really get to the good part. Because we've been, how many of you know, we've been on a, on a downhill slide for the last several months on Sunday morning in the book of Romans because if you know anything about the book of Romans, it is a downhill slide for most of the first part of the book. And God's trying to get us all on the same page to realize there is no flesh justified in the eyes of God outside of Christ. That there is no person that will stand before Jesus with a good work because He said there's no good, there's none good, and He said ain't none that seeketh after God. So we had to bring in this conglomeration that we're all under the same condemnation, if you would. I want want to help you though. I I want to do something. I want to take what what, what God is saying to the Jews and I want to apply it and teach us some principles from the life of a Jewish nation and I want to apply them to us this morning. You think we can do that this morning? Let's take the from, from the life of a Jewish man and we're going to apply those to a Gentile nation this morning here on Mount Tabor Church Road. I, 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 I hear the, the title this morning is What Can the Jews Teach Me? What Can the Jews Teach Me? Let me say, number one, we're going to jump right into it. Number one, the Jews, this is a principle, won't you write this down? The Jews can teach me Uh, that the religious person is the hardest person to reach with the gospel. That the religious person, I didn't say was the easiest, I'm saying the religious person is the hardest person, is the hardest person to reach with the gospel. That, that, that what we find, look in verse number 7, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law. Now, now here, if you know anything about the Jewish nation, they were actually resting in this law. They were literally, what this word tells us, Brother T.J., they were leaning. They were propped up on the law. And they were very religious, but how many of you know they did not have a relationship? Uh, They were very religious in their affairs, but they had no authentic relationship with Christ. And you know, I I found out this the hard way, that there is no one too bad for Jesus to save. But there are plenty that think they're good enough. There's no one too uh, too bad for Jesus to say, but there are really millions that think themselves too good. And we're living in that day right now to where there are people that literally think themselves good enough to go to heaven. But you know a religious person is going to be the hardest person that you ever see get born again. Somebody, somebody, somebody so religious 
Been told that their church membership would get them into heaven. Been told that, that, their, that their baptism would get them into heaven. I was going through Aragon the other night. And there's a little church right there on the, in, in the middle of Aragon. And it said, remember your baptism and be thankful. Now look, Brother TJ, I'm thankful I got baptized. And I, I appealed with a local body of a New Testament Baptist church said I got saved, and that was my stamp saying I was saved. But you listen to me. That was no seal. What happened to me 10 years ago on a Wednesday night was the sealing evidence that God met me and I met Him. That's what it was. There was no religious affiliation telling me that I was saved and that I was going to heaven. Much like the Jew, we find people all over our country. They think because they hold a position in the church that they are something. Uh, Because they know a little bit of Bible and they quote a few Bible verses. You can go to vacation Bible school for for 40 years and be lost. Uh, You can, I I mean, I've seen it. You can teach Sunday school for 30 years and be lost. You say, how is that, preacher? Because when religion becomes the priority, there's literally no need for the relationship. And when you take a man and a man twit, look, I've I've seen people. I've seen my wife, my God lover, my wife went to to somebody that, 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 that was supposed to be a spiritual advisor and told them, said, I think I'm lost. And they said, no, you can't be lost. You've been coming to church for a long time. And the next day my wife called me on the phone crying her eyes out saying, I'm lost. I'm going to hell. I need to get saved. And religion will tell you that everything's okay, but I want you to look at it this morning. If there is no relationship, if there's never been a change, then, then there is no evidence of you really knowing who you say you know. You know, it'd kind of be like this, Brother Sean. It'd be, it'd be like me saying, I know Donald Trump personally. And me go knock on the door of the White House say, hey man, I'm coming to see Donald Trump. Whoa, we don't just let anybody in up here. What's your name? We got a screen, you know. I say, look, my name's Lee Ridens. You go tell him. He, he comes back, sends a note back by them guards. Say, hey, I don't know Lee Ridens. I ain't never met Lee Ridens before. You ain't getting in the White House. You know what you're getting? You're getting thrown out on the front steps, out on the sidewalk by a couple guards saying, get your tail out of here. You don't know who you say that you know. That's why the religious person is so hard. But, but we find that even in our churches, we find it so hard to, relate, to reach religious people. And I'm going to stop right here and we'll say this. This church was not built on religious people. And some of you have came as of late and some have been here from the start. And you can testify... That this church was built on broken people that needed God where they was. We set all that aside. We don't care where you came from. We don't care what church you're a part of. We don't care. We don't care about none of that. We're not worried about none of that. We're not worried about who you. We're, we're worried about helping you where you are instead of where everybody wants you to be. Let God take you where you want to be. And if you know anything about this place, this place was built on people that knew they were lost, knew they were wrong, knew they needed Jesus. It was not built on formalism or ritualism or religious uh, affiliation. It's built on one thing: His blood and His righteousness. 
plus nothing, minus nothing. I'm broke. You're broke. We're all broke. We're all busted. We're all down. We all ought to go to hell. And if we don't realize that we, that religious affiliation is going to send us to hell, we're all going to be damned. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, his name one time before, it was Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Saul was a prime example of, of being so zealous. So zealous for uh, for formal ritualism that he even said his own self that I'd done things contrary to Jesus Christ in Acts 26 on purpose. With this time we're at in Romans chapter number 2, it, let's, let's move on down through the verse. He said, and knowest his will. God had a will. Somebody say amen right there. God had a will and, and God made his will known, but they did not do his will. It brings me out that verse in Matthew chapter number 7. Many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils, done many mighty wonderful works? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. There's another verse he said. He said, depart from me, you that work iniquity. He said, who's going to make it? Those that do my will. They know, they knew the will of God, but they did not do that. It said, and approve us the things that are more excellent. Being instructed out of the law. Now, uh, skip with me down to verse 20. An instructor of the foolish. That's interesting to me. Uh, for, for one reason and one reason alone, don't you listen? Uh, during those days, men were caught in, 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 in those days, men were caught in superstition and idolatry of the greatest kind. And they literally would, would grab in the darkness for a strand of light. And the Jews had it. The Jews had it. But, Brother TJ, this word, thou art a teacher of the foolish, that word literally means stupid. Thou art a teacher of the stupid. They literally had a major disdain for anybody that was not like them. You know, that's one of the signs I'm finding in churches now. If they're not like you, we throw them out on the street. They don't know how to dress. They don't know nothing about modesty. Listen, a lot of you walked in here and you didn't know a what you didn't know a flip of wooden nickel about modesty. And I didn't get up here and beat you over the head and say modesty, modesty, modesty. It's something that God does in your heart when you get God where God is appropriated in your life. God does those things. And we cannot throw people out the door because they don't look like we think they ought to. And this Jewish nation did that, Brother TJ. They had this disdain. You bunch of morons. Y'all don't know the law. You're wicked as hell. You're caught in idolatry. You're caught in fornication and wickedness and envy and, and, and all, you know, the 21 dreadful, uh, dreadful things in chapter number one. You are those things. Wicked. Wicked. The disdain. I mean, they, they were literally saying, hey, we're going to teach you. But when they done it, they done it with such pride and arrogance, Brother Sean. Brother TJ, if there's anything I can ever, if I can, anything I can ever help you with, if you will make sure to keep compassion in your heart 
and you teach that Bible. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I ain't always done that. Because when you and I are void of compassion, we're full of pride. A pride that sets itself up and said, look at me. I know better than you do. I know more than you. Why, why do they know more? Because their birth, they was birthed into a Hebrew, into a Hebrew religion. That's why they know more. They know more because they had more Bible knowledge. They had great Bible knowledge. I mean, they literally had to memorize the Pentateuch in the Bible. They literally had to memorize this. Word for word, memorize the words of Moses. And and they looked at them with such disdain. You're wicked as hell. You deserve hell. And this religious mentality, if we're not careful, what I can learn from these Jews is it will creep into our churches today. That you and I will look at people with our eyes crossed to keep from looking at their heart to see that God loves them and that God... God didn't die just for you. And God didn't die just for me. God died for the sins of the world. That means the most vile sinner in the world. God died for them. And you make the blood of Christ void when you look at somebody with this stain because you are, you know more than them. God's brung you further than them. You used to drink from the milk of the Word, but now you're eating the meat of the Word. And you look at them with this stain. You actually make the blood of Christ void in saving them from a devil's hell. Religious people. Religious people are the hardest. The hardest. To win to Christ. Religious. I want us to make sure that we are not that church. That we are not that church that says, look at me and how much I know. But we never say, look at Christ. For He gives me what I know. Number two, number two, let's move on. Number two, true Bible, to what what we're going to learn, principle number two, we're going to learn from these Jews is true Bible teaching has its goal as changing, as a changing of behavior. Now, if you're writing these down, I want you to take notes on the back of your bullets and there's a place for you to write these down. And and these are simple principles from the Word of God. Uh, True Bible teaching has its goal as a changing of behavior. Where you get that, preacher? Verse number 21. Look at verse 21. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Now, now here's, here's the crux of that. We must apply our principles to ourselves before we start applying them to everybody else. Mm. What, what's that old saying, Brother TJ? It's kind of a short phrase of what I just said. People say it all the time. 
You ought to practice what you preach. You ought to practice. You ought to practice what you preach. And that's what that, that that's what is going on. The, the Jews are not practicing what they have been preaching. I wrote this down early this morning. The height of spiritual deception. Write this down. The height of spiritual deception is teaching others but never learning the lesson for ourselves. The height, the pinnacle of spiritual deception is teaching others but never learning that principle for ourselves. You see, you and I, if we're going to teach anybody anything, and you know who that includes? Those in our house. I mean, Brother Tim, this is one of the hardest facts for me to grasp in my mind is if I'm going to teach this boy and I'm going to teach that boy and them girls, I better have already applied it to myself. Because you know what? One of these days, them girls is going to get older and they're going to get more mouthy and they're going to look at Daddy and say, Daddy, you told us this for all them years. I'm going to tell you what you all do. You all to practice what you've been preaching. And it goes for every mom and daddy in the room that we are all, and you say, well, my child ain't going to do that. I'm going to bust them in the mouth. You may do it after they say it. You may beat the tar devil out of them. And I say amen. There ain't nobody better, a bigger advocate than me for whooping a child. I mean, I, I ought to be the poster child for whooping a child. You know what I'm saying? I ought to be the poster boy. Say amen right there, mama. I mean, they look at me cross-eyed. I'm like, boy, I beat you slam silly. And mama, she's in there, especially that boy right there. She's in there, oh, just, just calm down. It's going to be all right. Them girls do something wrong, and mama say, beat them. Them girls do something wrong. I mean, she's sideways in a New York second. I mean, she is slammed sideways on them, on them girls. And boys, they come in there and blue eyes and brown eyes, all blonde. And mama. And she just, yes, yeah, son. I mean, come in, up, come in there in the morning. Ruthie come in there in the morning and asked what was for breakfast. She got plum crazy on She said, well, I don't, Ruthie said, well, I don't want that. I mean, she lost her mind. Hut come in there and said, well, what's for breakfast? Well, baby, this morning we're having muffins and cheese eggs. And Mama, do I got to eat that? Well, baby, it's going to be all right. I was listening. I thought, my God, woman, slap that boy. You just about crucified, Ruthie. You see, we must apply all the principles in which we are teaching Shane, if you don't apply the principles that you're teaching this boy right now, there's going to come a day to where he's going to rebel against them principles. You know why? Because he didn't see them working daddy. He didn't see them working mama. And they ain't going to work for him because they ain't work for nobody else. And they was all taught in no walk. I used a certain preacher. He was harsh. You know, there's a difference between hard preaching and harsh preaching. 
a hard preaching is the truth of the Bible and you can't do nothing about that. Hell's hard truth of the Bible and I can't do nothing about that. I must preach on hell. But there's a difference between hard preaching and harsh preaching and I know the difference. I've done both. And there was this one preacher that stood up one day. Man, he was hard. He was dogmatic about sin. I mean, everything. he called out everything. One day this preacher went to a certain town and there was this woman running around town and he got involved in an illicit affair and an adulterous affair with her and, 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 and slept with her. But he moved on to the next town. He moved on. Didn't tell nobody. He got up that Sunday morning fixing to preach and lo and behold, that woman that he had had that adulterous affair was, was sitting out there on the second row. He looked at him, she looked at him, and I mean, it got on around there. You know what I mean? I mean, she went and got the pastor at church and said, hey, look, I don't know if you know this or not, but me and that man, we had an affair back over here in so-and-so. And the man that was so hard on everybody else forgot that he had to have compassion on his own self and on those around him because you know what happened? His own sin did what? It found him... You remember Isaiah, if you know anything about the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 5. Isaiah chapter number 5, he pronounces judgment. Judgment on the nation of Israel. Woe unto those that call good evil and evil good. Woe unto those that go after strong drink. Woe unto those that are wise in their own. In chapter 6, he gets over in chapter number 6 and he starts talking about the thrice holy God of the universe filling that temple. Bible said his train filled the temple. Said there was three seraphims flying around that temple crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you know what happened to Isaiah? He looked at that and he said, Whoa, not not is strong drink. Whoa, not is being wise in thine own eyes. He said, Whoa, is me. You can preach the hard things and teach the hard things, but when that rooster comes to your doorstep, you better be willing to say, Whoa, is me. Whoa, is not the man down the road. Whoa, is me. These Jews did not have that within them, and so... Are we missing that within our churches? We're missing the thing that mama and daddy are saying one thing and doing another. That mamas and daddies and and preachers and teachers and Sunday school leaders and and, 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 and I almost said better, I hope it is not happening. I hope you... I hope you have enough sense to get it right before I find out about it, that there is a spiritual deception based on my part and those around that you're faking it till you make it in this church. You're teaching and you're doing things in this church, but you're not really applying those principles that you're teaching that you can learn anything from. Yeah, quiet. Because the fastest way The fastest way to get on God's bad side is for you to be a talker, not a walker. Number three, number three, let's let's get through this. Number three, be careful. Don't you look at this. Uh, Number three, be careful in the name of God you don't vilify His power. Be careful in the name of God you don't vilify His power. That word literally means, that word vilify, 
literally means to slander. Has a, has a different connotation though to it. It means to make vile. That these Jews, look in verse number 24. Look in verse number 24. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through who? The Jews. The religious sect of the day. The name of God was blasphemed not because in the eyes of the Jews because uh, in the eyes of the Gentiles because the Jews were so wicked. But they said they were godly. They said, hey, we're godly. They, they, they made the name of God vile in the eyes of the Gentiles. What's that mean for us? It's like this. It's like this. If that's Christianity, I don't want none of it. That's what that means. Like this. If he's a Christian, remember the saying? There you go. Who said that? The woods are full. I saw it with a boy recently. And, uh, he said, uh, do you know a guy by the name of, I probably shouldn't say his name, he's local. Uh, there's a preacher. Man, I almost said it. He's a coon hunter. We all coon hunt together. He said, do you know so-and-so? I said, yeah, I, said, I think I know of him. He said, he cussed me out the other day. I said, he cussed you out? He said, yeah, he used cuss words, cussed me out. He said, you're a preacher, ain't you? I said, absolutely. He said, did you cuss people out? And I said, no, sir. I said, I said, I'm not saying I don't want to at times. But to the best of my ability, I let the, I let the Spirit control the flesh to the best of my ability. And he said, he cussed me out. He said, if he's a preacher, the woods is full of them. You know what I said? Amen, brother. Hallelujah. Don't label that joker in the same crowd as me, whatever you do. I said, that's right. If he's a preacher, the woods is full of them. You're exactly right. So you know what I'm telling you? He ain't what he said he was, so don't get your eye on him because he ain't what he said he was. And you know what happened? He ruined his testimony. Whatever testimony he had, he ruined and he blasphemed the name of God like the Jews did to the Gentiles and lost his testimony altogether. What am I saying this morning? I'm saying the easiest way for you to lose your testimony is act like a fruitcake and get involved in all kinds of stupid sin around people that, that you have already claimed to be saved and you're, you're part of a church and you go to Greater Hope and you, you sit under sound preaching but you don't listen and you don't apply and you don't let the Word of God apply to your heart then that's, you're the person I'm talking to. Shut up. Keep your mouth shut. Don't even say you know Jesus. Because you're doing more harm than you are good. According to the Bible. Now that's Bible. 
We're verse by verse, neighbor. We, can, we ain't getting around some of this stuff, Brother TJ. That's Bible. That's a basic Bible principle that those that claim they knew God blaspheme the name of God in the eyes of those that was lost because they did not walk the walk. Brother Daniel, somebody play that piano for me. David in Bathsheba. I'm, I'm done. David and Bathsheba. David and Bathsheba, they were, you know, if anybody knows, they, they were, there was what you would call a major scandal in the Bible. And pe- people think all the time, the Bible's not interesting, the Bible's not exciting. You, you've just, you've never read it with the right kind of eyes. Uh, David and Bathsheba, I mean, literally a scandal among scandals in the Bible. David would have an affair with this other man's wife named uh, Sheba, uh, Bathsheba. And, and, and this man by the name of Uriah was on a battlefield somewhere and he's fighting the fight and he's doing, and he's actually fighting for King David in the name of God. And he comes back, he comes back and. and, and, and he tell, he, David told you, right? He said, hey, I want you to go up there and I want you, I want you to uh, go to your wife and y'all love each other. And you've been away from her for a long time. He said, I ain't going to do it. He said, the ark's still out there, King. He said, David, the ark's out there. Man, we can't let this ark go. ark was the presence of God, the power of God resting on that. And an ark had been long gone. And all, all you're right could think about, hey man, I gotta go get that. We got to fight for that ark. And David said, no, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in a mess and I, I'm trying to cover up. That's what's happening right now. So, so he try, he says, all right. So he gets Uriah drunk, tries to get him to go to his house. Uriah said, I ain't have no part of it. Sit outside his front door to keep him going inside. And, 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 and you know the rest of the story about how Uriah. David sent a letter and said, Hey, I want you to put Uriah on the forefront of the battle, the hardest part of the hardest part of the battle. And he must die out there on that on that on that field. I want him dead. And sure enough, Uriah died in that battle, and David had got his wish. The scandal had been had been fulfilled. The cover-up was almost over. He man wiping his brow said, I got this. I got this. So everything's going well. It turns out Bathsheba comes up pregnant. She's got little Solomon in her belly. Or got, got, got a baby in her belly. It's not Solomon yet. Got a baby in her belly. And this man by the name of Nathan, we call Nathan the prophet, he comes up and he looks at old, he looks at old, uh, old David and says, Hey, Bubba. That ain't King James. And uh, he said, Hey, Bubba. There's a man. And he stole somebody's ewe lamb. Took it to himself. He said, what do you think we ought to do with it? He said, you ought to kill that joke. Nathan crossed his arms. Well, that's something right there, buddy. Because you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about you. Thou art the man. And the scandal opens up. 
for everybody. You see, when God does things, God, if you don't get right with God, let me stop right here. If you don't get right with God on a personal level, you better believe He's going to explode your life and expose your life and everybody around you is going to see you for who you are, not because God is a mad God, because He's a just God. And if you're going to hide all your life and cover up all your life, you better believe God's going to reveal it one day. And... and, 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 and and this baby dies. But I want you to notice, I wrote the verse down today. I want you to notice this. Second Samuel chapter number 12, the Bible said, Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. This is Nathan saying that. He said, Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of God to blaspheme the name of God. Why? How? Because of the scandal. Because David quit what the man after God's own heart quit walking the walk and just got with the talk. Let me say this last thing and we're going to pray. Verse number four right here. God is not after... God is after your heart. God is after your heart, not your achievements. God's after your heart, not your achievements. Brother TJ, Brother Tim, Brother Carl, I'm skipping somebody here, I'm sorry. Some of you preachers in here, God's not after our preaching. God God can use a right, use the jackass in the Bible to preach. God's not after I mean, he, He's used... The he, Bible said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. He used the firmament and the firmament and the heavens to declare His glory. Listen, if Lee Rides never preaches another sermon, God ain't going to shed a tear and God ain't going to sweat roll from His brow. God's not after my preaching. God is after my heart. And if He gets my heart, Brother Sean, He's going to get my gifts and my callings. And to do what I'm doing right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning, some of y'all would just come on.